Hi, I'm Sam Sells, and welcome to my podcast, Clean Money. I'm a serial entrepreneur that has led over 2 billion development projects around the world. But the work I am most proud of is the work we do here at Wild Mountain Capital. We not only create great returns for our socially conscious investors, but we make an impact in the many communities we work in and we change lives. I like to say investing matters, and my show is to talk with everyday folks that are not only creating great success, but making an impact in society and improving the lives of others. That is my mission, and I wanna share my stories and others with you. Welcome to Clean Money. Josh Cadillac, welcome back to the Clean Money Podcast, where we talk about how we use our investments to make a difference in the world. And we've talked before, You, we were just talking again, and uh, man, a lot, of, a lot has happened since the last time we talked. So I want you um, to tell us a little bit more about what's been going on. And just for our audience, if they didn't listen to your previous pod, can you tell us just a little bit more about who you are and what have you what you've been up to? Well, for starters, Sam, thanks as always for having me on, man. It's great hanging out with you. And just, uh, heck, man, I didn't have to do a podcast. Just hang out with you as a, as a party enough. Um, yeah, things have have uh, changed quite a bit. We've seen a, a change in inflation. Um, I feel like we have a, an economic freight train heading our way right now uh, with 43 and a half million Americans getting ready to have about 503 less dollars on average in their pocket coming October. Um, so I think that the 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 lack of baking that into the cake that I see across all different investment avenues is frankly terrifying to me. This is to me, and and maybe I'm stupid. I, I am willing to concede, Sam. I might be stupid. Um, the fact that we are looking at something that I can't find a historical corollary for, I can't find a historical corollary for overnight a whole bunch of people having that much less discretionary spending and not having that massively affect all sorts of things across the economy is is mind-boggling to me like maybe something maybe i'm missing it but to me this is reminiscent uh in a in a much different way of what we had when we had the housing crisis where overnight banks did something they'd never done before they stopped lending money like overnight it was like this and now it's like this right it just Oh, it just changes. And so whenever there's these rapid changes, yeah, man, to me, this is, looks like a, a great potential opportunity. Um, this is one of the few times I would say, you know, it might be time to just be sitting here with your powder dry and ready to move. Um, because when discretionary spending falls, man, the opportunities that I think will exist in retail, the opportunities that will exist in um, in uh, like leisure, uh, res- uh, short-term rental, uh, all these these types of things that are so dependent on people having extra money to spend will be huge. And I would be looking for actually the housing market to pick up rather rapidly if that occurs, because I think the Federal Reserve is going to have to immediately and aggressively start lowering rates to to deal with the fact that they've been pulling money so hard from the from the uh, the interest rate side. And now the thing that they've been talking about all the time that's been driving all of this has been spending. Well, if that spending slows significantly, it's going to be, oh, crap. Now what? <laughs> and they're going to have to run it the other way. Now, maybe I'm wrong, Sam. I, I may be missing it. But to me, that's the thing. And obviously, I didn't answer the other part of your question uh, of who I am and what I do. Uh, I teach real estate all over the U.S. 
Um, one of my big things is that agents need to know what the hell they're talking about. They need to yeah. get their head their butt and stop lead sourcing and stop advertising so freaking much and actually know the freaking product. Because as it turns out, folks, if there's one thing a customer wants, it's somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. Because the reason they're coming to you as an agent in the first place is because they don't know how to do it. And your ability to show them, hey, look, I know what's going on. And I know what's gone on in the past. And based upon what's going on, this is what we project is going to happen going forward. Answers one of the primary concerns the customer has, which is, am I doing this thing at the right time? So that's one of the big issues. It's not the only one, but it's one of the, one of the big areas I try to attack and what I teach. Josh, I've, I've uh, always enjoyed your passion. I mean, you you know you know what you're talking about. You're aggressive, right? It's It's not good enough for you to be good. Right. You have to be great and then you have to be elite because the great eat the good and the elite eat the great. But if you're stuck there at the bottom trying to just do the old thing and you got your, you know, sphere of influence book and you're out there just doing the basics, you're going to get left behind. You're not going to be successful. And, and two years ago or a year ago, you could go out there and say, Hey, I'm a real estate agent and pick up, you know, tons of leads and sell houses every 10 minutes. And it's not that case now. And if you're out there doing it right now, you don't know the mortgage process or the rates or the banks, what's going on. Yeah. Heaven help you. Jiminy Christmas. A agents aren't well prepared. And Sam, I, I don't even really blame agents as much. I mean, look, there are plenty of agents out there that are, are career victims. There are plenty of agents out there that just mirror what they see because nobody told any different. But I chased it all, man. I chased all the education I could by starting this business, Sam. And there was just so much stuff they never told me in any of that education. Real estate's answer to every problem you have is more leads. For every class that you can <laughs> find on how to build a great business, there's 500 classes on social media advertising, on networking, on all this, how to bring in warm bodies. Their answer to everything is warm bodies. My answer to things is quality. If you bring a quality product to the market, the market is so desperate and underserved for quality agents. Look, when you talk about the good and the great, a great agent answers their freaking phone. That's like the big distinguish. I mean, that's how low the bar <laughs> genuinely is in our industry. And so, you know, being the person that commit, first of all, that figures out what their business is about. I tell my agents all the time, Timex or Rolex. It's your choice because it's your business. You work under a broker. You don't work for the broker. It is your business. It's a CEO decision. You are the CEO of this company. What's this company going to be about? But before you, everybody wants to answer Rolex right away. But understand there's a price that they pay to be Rolex. It costs them because standards are those things that separate the Timexes and the Rolexes of the world. And you got to have those great standards. But the thing with great standards is that means that you have to make the decisions that uphold those standards every single time. Otherwise, right. it's not a standard. It's just something convenient. That's what separates the good companies from the, the, the great ones. That's what separates the bad ones from the good ones, right? It, it's yeah. it's the thing that makes the difference. That's it. That's it. You know, we uh, say the same thing here in the commercial world, like, the difference between a good uh, commercial real estate broker and a great one is the great one answers their phone and responds to you or responds to your email. And you're like, how hard can this be? 
You know, and and that's the thing, Sam, because like, I know like somebody like you, I know you're a really smart guy. This is what you eat, live, breathe and sleep, right? If I'm coming to you as the commercial agent, because I've done commercial work before, I know that I have to come there and I have to bring something to the table. What you're doing right now is your business. You know it well, but this is my business too. If there's not parts of what I do that I don't know better than you, well, why the hell should you be faithful to me? Because right. I, I know I know the customer like you is already cheating on me with 10 other agents, right? I know that you're working with a bunch <laughs> of different people, right? So I have to come in there and make the case on the way in the door. Hey, Sam, you're smart. You're sharp. You, you know your stuff. I'm exactly the kind of guy that you want working on this stuff for you. I'm the one you want. Tell those other t- 10 bums to get lost because I can find you the stuff that they can get you. And I can be a resource for you that will take and tell you stuff that these other guys are, are not going to tell you because I don't care about this commission. I care about every commission I'm ever we're ever going to get. And so that means I don't want to close the deal. I want to close you. I want to be the one to tell you, Sam, I see. I know you like this one. I don't think it's the play. Let's keep looking. It's not the right one. I think there's problems with this one, right? You don't hear that from agents. Agents are always trying to talk you into the deal. And that's the difference, man. What do you right. bring to the table? Are you out there chasing paychecks? Or are you out there taking and trying to make sure that every customer makes money on every single thing you do? Everything you do is a good deal because if they want to take and repeat that over and over and over again, what is the product you're bringing to the table? That's it. And I, so we have, a, you know, in regards to brokers, because there's no regular agents in commercial, there's only brokers, right? And, you know, the guys who work on the brokerage team. So um, there are guys out there and gals, um, and, and just to be frank, most of the commercial real estate brokerage world is white dudes. It just is yeah. that's the way it is it's sure. i didn't know anything about that I didn't, and if i could have been one i would have done that too but i didn't know anything about it so the guys that are good the people who are really really good are great we know when they send us a deal it's a good deal and we're going to look at it it's already been through the ringer like it's coming out the data's good i've got other guys who send us deals and automatically i know it's two or three million dollars overpriced just I totally disregard whatever they say. Oh, this is good and blah, 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 blah. Case in point, we had a guy last year who brought us a deal and he's like $16 million. Our response back was maybe 13. We went and did some, and he, you know, they freaked out, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, when we went and looked at the deal, we came back and like, this is a $10 million deal. Nobody's going to pay more than this. And they freaked out, wouldn't accept our offer. And we left. Four months later, sold it to somebody else for 10 million bucks. So it's like, we could have answered that a long time ago, but you guys were so ridiculous. Yep. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Um, the the issue on the commercial side is you have a lot of big egos, right? The people that big own the real estate, the people that are buying the real estate, and the people that, that own the real estate, they think always think it's worth a lot more. And the people that want to buy it always think it's worth a lot less, right? And there's there's... You have to have the strength of personality and character to carry the day and say, hey, look, guys, I, I, I know that you think it's worth $26 billion, but the reality of it is here are the numbers. Here's what the market is doing. And right. you know what? You're not going to be in that place. Then I'm not the right agent for you. You're looking for a huckster. You're looking for somebody that's a flim flam man that's going to take and shove this down somebody's throat. Right. Where the market trader returns, what the market is expecting right now, this is where these numbers need to be. And you need to be comfortable with yourself enough 
to be able to do that. And eventually the problem really is, Sam, on this end, as an agent, you have to go through so many of these big egos that'll take the deal away from you and give it to somebody that tells them what they want. Some sycophant that wants to tell them what they want to hear that it's tough to hold that line and build your stable of customers that it's like, Oh no, no, we use Josh. He's the only guy we use. Right. right. And, and, and that's, that's hard to find, believe it or not, but it requires it requires step one, which most agents don't do step one, figuring what you're about and what this business you're building is going to be about. You don't do that. I mean, it's one of the big things, actually, when I, when I was writing the book that just came out that I, 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 I really spent some time on because I had never actually done it. Like in my head, I kind of had it, but I spent some time on what my standards are, as in like, what are the hills that I will die on? that I could easily not deal with, you know, like uh, showing up on time. Well, you know, I'm in Southeast Florida. Nobody shows up on time. Right. But I do. Right. I do, right. Like I, I, I have the built in pass. So what are these things that I will do to stay true to what I know is the way to be so that I can look this guy in the mirror at the end of the day and say, hey, you're a man worthy of respect because you do these hard things every day, whether anybody notices it or not, because you know it's the right thing to do, right? And that, right. that's a critical part of, of building a business is, is, you know, making sure the tolerances on the windows are one 116 millionth of an inch, right? Why do they do that? Because that's the way they put windows in their cars, right? I mean, it's just, it, it's that commitment. Does anybody store the micrometer and check? No, but if anybody does... They know what's right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it's those things, Sam, that that agents don't do. And so when I started putting it down, I thought I'd have, you know, three or four standards that are kind of, you know, the brain damage I picked up. Like these are the hills. I was at like 20 or 25 and I had to stop because yeah. I just realized, you know, over the years, these are the things that I said, no, I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to do it the hard way. You know, like. I'm going to show up. If I tell you I'm going to be someplace, I'm going to be there. And I don't just mean on time. I mean, even if it's hard. I mean, I've had times where they cancel flights on me and I'm supposed to be someplace the next day. Well, I guess I have to rent a car and I'm not going to sleep tonight, but I have to be there at 9 a.m. and be ready to teach all day. And I don't care if I, I guess that's why God made caffeine, right? We're going to take and we're going to get through this because <laughs> I said I'm going to be there, right? Right. So that's when it costs. And that's the cool thing about having standards is when you get to a crossroad, and you have standards, you can ask yourself, which one of these directions gets me closer to who I said I am? And all of a sudden, that cr that crossroads turns into a one-way only. It helps to take options off the table. And this is what we as business owners need. We need options off the table. We need a clear vision of where we're going and what our product is. When you have that, man, it makes business so much easier to do. Gosh, I, I could not agree with you more. And I want you to tell us just a little bit about your new book that you put out. Tell us what the book is about. And you just said, you know, uh, you shared a little bit about writing, you know, the writing process, but tell us a little bit more about the writing process as well. Um, well, the, the book is called Close for Life, and it's it's really designed to, to help people find all the stuff that you're not going to hear in most mainstream real estate venues as to how to run a real estate business, even a sales business in general. Real estate, because the nature of our sale is a longer life cycle, the relationships tend to go on longer. If you do it well, there's a greater uh, possibility of having repeat business, despite the fact that our industry only gets 12% return business, which is pathetic. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's 
it's written from the place of somebody that's been doing this business for 15 years, took every class known to mankind. Everybody's always blown away at all the alphabet soup after my name, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, here's all the stuff that in all those classes that you didn't take, but I did. Here's all the stuff they didn't tell me that I needed to know to actually be successful in this business. Here's the no BS, pulling it all away, how to build a business that you can be proud of every single day. Um, And that's the thing. I mean, most agents come home, Sam, every single day and they feel like failures because what this industry tends to make people do is feel like they need to do just 28, 29 hours worth of stuff every single day and they'll be successful as opposed to taking and giving them a real picture of what they need to do. So it's got to pull that noise away. And as far as writing went, man, you know, I I had written a book before and it took me a couple of years to write it. And so uh, this is the first time I did one for an actual publisher. McGraw-Hill came in, they wanted the book. And so um, they gave me like six months to do it. So my own paranoia, like I said, okay, you know, I'm going to do this in six months. So now you said you're going to do it, Josh. Now you got to take and come through, right? Yeah, I got it done in six weeks um, (laughs) because, you know, I just know it. The information is already there. You're not, you're not chat GPN it up to fill it, you know, figure out like, you know, how do you close a deal? Hold on. How do you close a deal chat? You know, um, and writing and stuff that's not entirely accurate. You're taking stuff that you already know. You've, you've, you have a PhD in your industry, in your business. You've got (laughs) your own PhD, right? The there are road. none, but yeah. you may, you got it, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it. the The, the thing really was for me in, in writing it, Sam, because as somebody that teaches all the time, I think that as much time as you spend learning anything, you have to spend at least twice as much time figuring out how you're going to take that and make it understandable for somebody else. How do I take this thing and give it to them in a way that they'll not only be able to understand it, but get something out of it. And so for me, it was really finding the stories from being a kid, um, Mm -hmm. from growing up the way that I did, from my dad, from things that I saw in business, whatever, finding the stories that really kind of crystallize the ideas. Because I know that for me, when I read a book, it's always so much easier when there's a story and then they explain the idea, the rich dad, poor dads of the world and stuff like this, that really have helped so many people get into that mindset of investing, right? I mean, we could take and we could kid about that book about how mainstream and pop it is, but guess what? It's helped a whole lot of people really think about how they use money. And so people's lives are better for that. So I wanted to write something. I know you, with what you do, you try to do things the right way to actually make a difference. And so, you know, I never wrote this book to make money from it. I, I don't really care. I, I, I try to write something that's gonna help agents that I know. And I, I mean, I teach them all the time, man. And they're frustrated and they're trying, man. They're trying with everything they got. And they just have no direction as to how to do it well. And nobody's sitting there saying, hey, look, guys, you know, they're so bombarded by all these options. Look, focus on these foundational things and build your business from there. A good foundation. I'm a builder, Sam. When I want to take and build a building, before I go up, I got to go down. I got to take and dig that foundation deep, right? And so building that good foundation of a business, that's what I was trying to do with this thing and really try to hit it out of the park for folks that – that, that want to see how to do this from a completely different angle. There's one thing I always get is that I don't sound like anybody else that they talk to when they take one of my classes. And so that that's what it's about for me. Yeah. That's what I love Josh about you, man. It's like, I, I feel the same way. So we, we started coaching really in earnest um, a lot of 
folks getting into commercial real estate. They want to learn how to syndicate. They want to learn how to do other things. But we, you know, I feel like I have a PhD in this industry because we've, I've read every book I could ever find, every video. We've done so many deals. We've, we've had deals, you know, we've dealt with people who have lied to us and cheated us. And we've learned how to overcome those things and how to get to the truth. And our, you know, we've, we just learned and learned and learned and climbed so many mountains. And so our coaching is nothing like, cause I've been in other programs and like, ah, it's all roses yeah. and soup. Oh, this three simple step process. I'm like, if you're following a three step process, you're wrong. You're missing 30 steps. <laughs> yeah. Cause this is not a simple three step process you're going to do in the at night, you know, it, it takes more and, you know, people sell easy and people sign up and they throw their money and they jump, join these programs and then they go out and they'll buy something and then they're screwed. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I, I think that's kind of a hard road for you and me, Sam, is that um, we're, we're not going to just take and say whatever we have to say to make the sale. No. Um, and that means that there's a lot of sales techniques that are effective that, that we can't use because it's right. it lacks integrity to do so. And so for me, I, I'd rather make it sound ugly. I'd rather make it sound hard and have it be a little easier than that than, than undersell how tough it's going to be because nothing is worse than being that person that's desperately doing everything you can, following all you've been told, and it's still not working because somebody just didn't bother to tell you the things they thought would dissuade you from doing what they wanted you to do. And so I just yeah. don't have something for it. Again, it, it, it's a standard thing. I could make more sales doing it another way. I could sell more agents on my courses and my my coaching and all this other stuff if I did it the other way. But I got to look myself in the mirror at the end of the day. And I want to know the thing that I'm selling is really the goods. And so, um, yeah. So let me bring out a point about Josh Cadillac. People may not know. So you, uh, in addition to, you know, being incredibly passionate, aggressive, doing what you know to be right, regardless of the outcome, you, <laughs> you also do the exact same thing with your physical life, right? You're, you're healthy, you're incredibly strong, you have a great physique, and the level of discipline that takes um, is admirable. It's not just it's not just about hey, I want to look good so I can walk in my speedo on the on the at the pool and and people can gawk at me. That's not what it's about, right? It's about discipline, achievement, focus, drive. And I've always felt like anyone who has that much self discipline in their personal life. It's going to have incredible self-discipline in their business life. And I don't have to worry about them in general. I don't have to worry about them lying and cheating because if they're not going to cheat themselves, they're not going to cheat you. Of course, that's not a blanket approach. It's not always true, but yeah, that's. No, it's uh, the, the, the ongoing battle that we have to wage with ourself. First step is recognizing it, recognizing the fact that the biggest stumbling block to your success is the one looking back at you in the mirror every single day. So when I go in there every day, it's like, okay, old foe, we go at it again today. We go to war. Will the package of Oreos win or will I, right? right. Who, who's going to take the day? And, um, you know, that honesty 
with yourself to recognize yourself as flawed and that that there's a better version of you inside of you. And the only way to get that out is to go to war, is to go to the battle every single day. And so like what I say to people all the time, it's it's actually such a logical process. Is there a better version of you inside of you? Everybody says, yes, of course, there's a better version. Otherwise, I've peaked and it's all downhill from here, right? (laughs) Yeah. How how do you get that out of you? Do do you grow from being on the mountaintop or in the valley? Well, look, we all want to be on the mountaintop. The mountaintops, we're we're all striving, we're all climbing to get to the mountaintop. But the reality of it is, the way I grow is by pushing through the valley. And so that means that if I care about getting the best out of me, I have to grab my ass off the mountaintop and stick me back in the valley. So, and it's balancing those two things out, right? Because as human beings, we need the mountaintop sometimes. But there's a moment for enjoying the view of the mountaintop. And there's a moment for looking around the mountaintop for where the new higher peak is, charting out, seeing what the valley looks like and say, all right, that's where I got to be next. Um, Because... I don't want to. I don't want to take and do this thing, Sam. I don't want to be done with this life and know that my magnum opus was still inside of me. Right. Nothing. Nothing is worse than that, man. Nothing is knowing that you took your best work with you to the grave, right? And so, uh, I'm really curious what this hunk of junk will do when I really get a chance <laughs> to open it up. You know what I mean? And so, um, I, I keep uh, pleasantly maybe surprising myself in the venues that I'm I'm able to be comfortable in. I mean, I was a person that was terribly afraid of public speaking and all. And now I can get up in front of thousands of people and do my thing. It doesn't bother me a bit. I uh, just did a television interview with somebody the other day. And, uh, you know, it was like they gave me one one opportunity as like a, a warm up. Then they told me what I was supposed to do. But the second time, I was fine. You know, like, hey, we're talking about stuff. No big <laughs> yeah. deal. right? And right. so... This is a guy that was a super introvert and terribly afraid of being in front of people and all. And so um, it's fun to see how much I can get out of this thing. But I mean, it requires the number one CEO question to get asked. If, If you accept the role of being CEO, right? One thing that you can never say is it's not my fault. And which means that whatever comes up, if you start to make it about something else, you have immediately embraced being a victim which puts you squarely in the passenger seat of your own life. As a CEO of of your business and your life, you got to get out of the passenger seat, get behind the driver's seat and say, all right, this happened. And ask CEO question number one, what the hell are you going to do about it? Because even if it's 90% their fault and 10% yours, what could you do differently to make a different outcome? Anything short of that, Sam, you're locked into the victim mindset. You're, You're making excuses to not have to deal with the one thing you can actually do something about you. Man, love it. Josh, it's been fantastic to have you on the show again. Um, we, we got to link up again after this and and talk some more shop. Sure. I uh, love your passion. I love your guts. And man, just giving it the, yeah, giving it that grit that we need that I wish so many other people had and they're, you know, just flaking out like, no, give it the grit, get dirty, get in there, make it happen. Take let's see who's left standing at the end of the day. Yeah, let's see. Right. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Let, let's see care. which one. Let's, let's see who's going to make it through this thing. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the yeah. gut out mindset of like, I know I've, I've had to endure enough hard stuff. Yeah. 
let's see if 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 you drop before I do, right? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. That's it, man. Yeah, that's it. Well, tell our audience where they can find you at. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, at closeforlife.com. That's where all my resources are. Uh, Josh Cadillac on most stuff. Instagram, it's Josh D. Cadillac for reasons I don't even know, but there's a D in there. What <laughs> is my middle <laughs> name? But, um, and the book is called Close for Life. It is out um, in on Amazon. And the uh, I hear the audio book is coming out in August. And, and I know they made an audio book because they made me record it. So um, if you hate my voice, you don't want that. If you, if you like it, now you know. Yeah, now you know. Great. Well, I'm going to, I'll make sure that link is in the show notes and I'm looking forward to the audio book. That's where I listen to most of my books now because I'm traveling all the time. That's it. Amen, man. But, uh, audio books are, are, the, are the the greatest thing in the world. Greatest thing in the world. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for joining the call, man. And thanks for having me. Keep getting it. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Clean Money where we talk about sustainable investing that improves society. We are passionate about creating great investment returns to investors who want to use their money to make a positive social impact in the world. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd appreciate a five-star review. And if you are interested in making your investing matter, please connect with us at wildmountaincapital.com. Or you can find me, Samuel Sells, on LinkedIn, on Twitter at cells underscore Samuel, on Instagram at Clean Money Sam, or on Facebook. And finally, make your investing matter.